again and turn to Jeremiah chapter number 6. Jeremiah chapter number 6, tonight's message taken right from verse number 16. And as we get into this message tonight that the Lord laid on my heart, I, I was thinking as I was studying uh, about the days of the children of Israel in the days of the prophet Jeremiah. And uh, there's a lot of parallels that you can see. Of course, the church is not Israel. But we find that in Jeremiah's day that they were a people that were in deep spiritual wickedness. Uh, turning away from God. They sinned against God. As a matter of fact, it was to the point that God was ready to give them up. As a matter of fact, God eventually allowed them, not too long after this portion we're going to read, where they did go into captivity. But it reminds me of what you read when you read Romans chapter number 1, where the Bible does say that God gave them up to their wickedness. And I want you to look at this one verse tonight, Jeremiah 16, verse number 6. Let's read it together if you have the verse there. All right, let's begin. Thus saith the Lord. Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this evening, and bless your word. Use it in our lives. Lord, help us as a people, as a church, as a nation, Lord, to walk in your ways. To ask God for your direction, your wisdom. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The nation of Israel did, in fact, go into captivity just a few short years after this particular passage that we're looking at. But while as a people they were on the verge of the judgment of God, it's amazing that while they were in that scenario that the Lord desired, which has always been amazing to me, the grace of God, God desired to see them turn back to Him. I really believe that's what God wants for America, is that God would have us to turn back to Him. A lot of people think that America is too far gone I, don't, I think as long as God's a part of the equation, we're never too far gone. There's always hope. Notice here as we look at this verse, verse number 16, that we're given this image, the Bible shows us here, of a traveler. A traveler that's maybe come to a, a fork in the road. You ever done that while you're walking or driving your automobile and you come along and there's two ways to go and you have to make a decision on which way you're going to go and you see there that a lot of times in situations like this a lot of times people want to take the easy route they want to take the easy path the one that's smooth that there's not going to be any difficulties they tend to look at the other path and one that might uh, cause a, a little bit more pain a little bit more exertion maybe a little bit more time to travel it Certainly, I, I, a lot of times people say, well, that can't be what God wants. And we try to play God in that decision. We try to decide which way that we're going to go. And this, this traveler, this image that we see comes to this fork in the road. And 
The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see. You can almost sense the traveler standing there can see the ways. And interesting, the Bible says, while you're standing there and you see the ways, notice what it says. Ask for the old paths. And then the Bible says this about the old paths. It says, wherein is the good way? What's the opposite of the good way? The bad way. A way that we as God's people should not travel. You can see this picture here as the traveler is standing there. And the Bible says, ask for the old path wherein is the good way and walk therein. Walk in those old paths. Walk in that good way. And then look at the promise. That as we're walking the old paths in the good way, ye shall find what? Rest for what? Anybody's soul been troubled this year? Anybody struggled in their soul over something this year, this week, maybe today? And there's been many things that have unnerved us disturbed us, discouraged us, distressed us this year. The Bible says that as we ask God for the old paths and as we walk that good way that God has given to us, that while we're walking that good way, we shall find rest for our soul. What's interesting is the last part of the verse, you read it. Notice their response. God tells them, look, I've got a good way for you. I've got a way that all that trouble and all that strife and all that worrying about things, and here's the sentiment of most people today, and sadly, even many Christians. They said, we will not walk therein. Seems crazy. God has a good way, but man is bent on walking opposite of what God wants. This this just kind of perplexed me this week as I looked at how this individual had the opportunity, and by the way, God gives all of us this opportunity. We come to these forks in the road, these decisions that we need to make, and just like this individual He could have gone any way he desired, but God actually asked him to ask for the old past wherein is the good way. Instead of the traveler blindly just traveling along, the the traveler is asked to stop, and then as he stops, ask directions. Jeremiah, in verse chapter 33, notice what he says there. Call unto me, God says, and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The reason many times we don't know what the good way is, or we don't know what God has for us, is because we don't call out to the Lord. We don't ask the Lord. We just blindly go through our lives doing what we want, going the direction we want. But God says, if you call unto me, 
I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. A lot of people are so filled with pride, they won't stop and ask directions. You know, especially us men, boy, you, you buy something where assembly is required. I always love it where it says easy assembly required. My, my, my daughter and her husband, they, they, they wanted me to remodel this bathroom, and they had this humongous double, double bowl uh, vanity that they wanted in their bathroom, and it was sitting in the middle of her kitchen when we got there. And, uh, and so the plumber showed up, and he says, hey, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to work on the plumbing, and while I'm working on the plumbing, he says, I need you guys to put the faucets on that double sink. So it was pretty funny, we should have actually videoed it. Because my son-in-law was on that sink and I was on this sink. And he never one time looked at any directions. I, on the other hand, was trying to read them, but I think they were written in Korean or something. I could not figure them out. So I was kind of working my way through it. And so when we got done, the faucets are supposed to turn this way and this way. But both his and mine, one of mine went this way and one went this way. And one of his went this way and half each way. I said, well, it looks fine to me. Because I knew that I was going to have to take it back apart to get it to fix right. Of course, my wife showed up and she helped us uh, right the wrong. But listen, I was struggling with pride uh, because I did not want to ask, but the result many times is when we're filled with pride, what do we do? We waste valuable time seeking our own way. Somebody said pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Look, when you think about this matter of pride and what they were struggling with in Jeremiah's day and what we are struggling with today. God wants us as his people, just like God wanted for Israel, he wants us to travel the right path. I hope you understand that tonight. God wants us on a path that's going to lead us in his direction, the right direction, the good way. The Bible says, and we know these verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all, not some, in all thy ways acknowledge him. God, what would you have me to do? Which way would you have me to go? How would you have me to live my life? And the Bible says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and here's the end of it, and he shall direct thy path. God will tell you which way to go. God will tell you which path is the right path. And as, as Jeremiah here is, is sharing this with the nation of Israel, he is giving this, this word of correction to them. It was spoken to the Jews many, many years ago, but I really believe for us tonight in 2020, especially on the verge of all that's happening in our nation, I think there's a lesson in this verse tonight for us as God's people, for the church. I believe the Lord still wants his people you and I, to still ask him for the old paths. 
to ask him, God, what would you have us to do? Which way would you have us to go? Because, folks, look, you have to understand there is a right path and there is a wrong path. There's a right way to go and a wrong way to go, and we must be sure that we are walking the path that is the one that God has ordained, the one that God can bless, the one that God will honor. We need to make sure that we're on the right path, and it all begins with a requirement because the Bible says, ask for the old paths. And then it says, after we ask, we need to walk therein. God gives a requirement, and the requirement is to follow the right people. God commands here that, You and I, we need to be careful. Listen to me, listen. Many of us have gotten accustomed to listening to voices that are unfamiliar to us. To listening to things on the internet, on the television. People we don't know, that we really don't know anything about who they are, what they believe, what their background is. God says we need to be careful about who we are following. We need to follow the right people because if we don't follow the right people, we will be led astray by false prophets and by the false leaders of the day, just like the nation of Israel in their day. They were, just like we are, God's given it in his word. They were to look back to some of those that had gone on before them. They were to look back to men like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and others. Why? Because these individuals, although they were not perfect, they walked a path of obedience. They lived a life of holiness before the Lord. Keep your place here in Jeremiah and go with me over in the New Testament to the book of Hebrews to that famous chapter, chapter number 11. Look at the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11, these are some of the individuals that God wanted them to look back to just like God has given them as an example to us that we too can look back to them and maybe others in our lives. But thinking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses and others, look what the Bible says in chapter 11 beginning in verse number 17. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac and He that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up. Listen, he had no idea. He just believed that God could raise his son up from the dead if he offered him the way that God instructed him. The Bible says that he accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Notice verse 20, by faith Isaac, the Bible says, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Verse 21, by faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, uh, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God 
and then to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Folks, we can read on and on and on, many that had gone on before. And God says to the children of Israel, look, I want you to understand, you need to look at those that have gone on before you, those that have walked the path of obedience and the path of holiness before me. And he says, I want you to understand that you need to be following the right people. Don't be idolizing those of this world. Follow those that have sought me, those that have sought the path that I desired for their lives. And that's what God wants for us today, is to seek that very same path, the old path, the good way that God has for us. And notice the requirement is to follow the right people, but it's also to find the right path. We need to make sure. God's command is that we don't just go anywhere. We don't just go with the flow. They were to take the time to find the right path. Now you say, Pastor, how can I know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. See, that's why God's given us his word. So that through his word that we receive wisdom from God, discretion from God, that you and I can know the way that we should go. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. And I love as you study this matter of the right path, the old path, it's that old well-worn path that represents the best way. We're living in a time where, just like Israel, the problem that Israel faced is the same problem that many people have faced down through the years, is that things are constantly changing. When I was growing up, I had one sister, and she tried her best for years to stay up with the fashion. You can't do it. Unless you're a millionaire. I mean, you can't keep up with the latest phones, the latest gadgets, the latest automobiles, the latest fashions. It's just impossible. I used to think to myself, how how ridiculous to try to stay up with everything new that's coming out. I mean, a lot of times I I see people trying to do this. And things have changed down through the years. I mean, even in my lifetime, I've seen so many changes. Many of you that are even older than I am tonight, you've seen even more changes. But can I tell you tonight, there is someone that has never changed. His word has never changed. See, there are some absolutes that you and I can trust. We live in a world that is changing constantly. God and his word have never changed. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I change not. Psalm 102, 27, thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm talking about the word of God. Isaiah 40 and verse 8, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Psalm 119, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I gave quite a history lesson this morning about our nation. Back during the time of the World War II in the Battle of the Bulge, it was said that the German soldiers during this wartime, that they would dress themselves up 
in the uniforms of the Allies, and then they would use American military vehicles, and they would change the road signs. See, they played the part, they had the vehicles, and they would change the road signs, and when American troops would come to these crossroads, should they go this way or go this way, they were often fooled on which way to go, and many times they were led off in the wrong direction. This deception by the Germans almost gave them the victory in this very decisive battle from the Second World War. And just like those German soldiers, how they changed the signs, how they caused confusion, many deaths as a result of that just from changing a few signs. And I think that you can easily see that in our day that many are leading millions into hell because they are changing the road signs of faith. People continue to tamper with the Word of God. Have you noticed that? I mean, there are Bibles out there, and oh yes, they say on the side, Holy Bible. But they've been tampered with. Things have been added to or omitted from it. Christians unaware that something has happened and they continue to read it not knowing. Just like this morning I mentioned so many historical facts about our nation that young people growing up today have no clue about those, those historical facts about the, the heritage, godly heritage that we have as Americans. And there are so many of these road signs of our faith that are being changed in our day. For instance, they would love to change the road sign of salvation through the blood. A lot of people say, well, listen, then why does it have to be bloody? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9.22, almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission, no forgiveness of sin. You see, God required a sacrifice, and Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain from the foundation of the world, and it was through the shedding of His blood that we have forgiveness of sin. But see, that, that's a road sign that they want to change. They want to change the road sign of belief in the Scriptures. And again, yet the Bible tells us not some, but all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, what we believe, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. They want to change the road sign of love for the church. A lot of people have fallen out of love for the church. Pastor, why do you make such a big deal out of the church? Because Jesus loved the church and he gave himself for it. He purchased the church with his own blood. I'd say it meant a lot to Jesus. And what matters to God should matter to us. We ought to have a love for the church. That's why, again, I mentioned earlier, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, and so much the more as you see the day approach. Hey, look, I don't know when the Lord's coming back, but I'll tell you this, until the Lord does, I'm going to continue, whether people don't like it or not, to encourage God's people to come to the house of God. 
to assemble ourselves together. Because our faith is strengthened when we assemble together. We learn from God. We come under the word of God as we gather together. But there are many that would love to take that road sign and change it. They want to change the road sign. How about this? Of the reality of a literal heaven and a literal hell. They want to act like these places are just some figurative thing that are not real. That it is something that man has come up with. Do you know that Jesus spoke more of hell in the word of God than he did of heaven? Trying to warn us, help us to understand. And no doubt, I'm glad that he talked about heaven in one place in John 14 where he says, In my Father's house, hey, God is in heaven. And in heaven there are many mansions. He says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Hey, look, the Lord is at the right hand of the Father tonight, interceding for us. And listen, as we understand the scriptures, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, if you're saved tonight, heaven is your eternal home. Let's see there, clearly you see in the word of God, one place, Psalm 9, verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell. See, the Bible says that if you are living in this world and you've never been saved, according to the word of God in John chapter number 3, you are condemned already. You don't have to do anything to go to hell. By the way, God doesn't, God doesn't send people to hell. People choose. Because God so loved the world, God is not willing that any would perish. God would have all men come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. But see, hell and heaven are a reality. But there are many that want to change that sign. There are some that would want to change the sign of the value of a human soul. Think about it. Think about how many unborn babies have been murdered because there's no value of the human soul. Some places in this world are starting to put the elderly to death because they're a plague on society. They don't value the human soul, yet the Bible says in Mark 8, for what shall it profit a man? It shall he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul. Do you know that Jesus died for the souls of every man, woman, boy, or girl? Jesus valued a soul, and you and I should too. But there are some that would change that sign. They would change the sign of the soon return of Jesus. Oh, the Lord's not coming back. Look how long we've been talking about this. And he still hasn't come. Well, he's going to surprise some. He's going to surprise many that want to set the date or the hour, but no man knows the day nor the hour. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 13, watch therefore. The Bible says, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. But I will tell you, as sure as I'm standing here, the Lord is coming back. And there are some that would change that sign. They would change the sign of the holiness of God. But yet, what does the Bible tell us? 
Do you know why man wants to change the sign of the holiness of God? Because it would make him feel better about his sin. But the Bible tells us, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. See, regardless of, regardless of what signs the world changes, like those German soldiers, it does not change the road that we're on. The Word of God is still, as we looked at it, still settled in heaven. And you and I that know the old past, you and I know the Word of God. We know what God would have for us. There's no question about which way is the right way because God's Word tells us the way that we should go. And God's requirement here in Jeremiah 6 is that you and I need to understand that requirement has not changed from the days of Jeremiah to us that we are to ask for the old past. And to walk therein. See, it all begins with a requirement. And then notice, if we walk the old paths, if we ask for them and walk in them, notice there is a reward. The Bible tells us here in this verse that some, if they're walking in that right way, that some will find rest for their souls while they're on that path. We can be assured of some wonderful truths as we're walking the right path, the old path. Notice we, we will arrive, if we're walking on the old path, at a proper destination. We a lot of times don't know where the path will lead, but when I think about this, if it's the Lord's pathway, you know what it's going to end up as at the end of that path? We can be sure that it will end in His presence. Someday we're going to be with the Lord. The Bible tells us in Exodus 33, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. See, we'll arrive at the proper destination. That'll be our reward. We'll have rest, the Bible says. Notice, secondly, the Lord, as we're walking the right way, as we're on the old paths, the Lord will be guarding our way. I'm glad for that. Because I'll tell you, there are many out there that would love for us to get off the right path. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs 2, He keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of His saints. Psalm 140 in verse number 4, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purpose to overthrow my goings. Hey, listen, as we're on the right path, the reward is that we will find rest for our souls and we will. our destination will end in the Lord's presence. God will guard our way. But then notice this, as we're on that path, our needs will be met. The psalmist said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're all familiar with Philippians 4, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, if we walk his paths, what's going to happen is we will be in fellowship with him. We will have the joy of being in the presence of him at the end of the way. And of course, some of us that are walking that path, that right path, according to the word of God, we shall find rest. But notice, there are some that will not find rest. They will find ruin. These are those that, re that fail to ask for the old paths. They find themselves going down the wrong direction, walking the ways that end in destruction and misery. Romans chapter number 3, destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God. Boy, isn't that descriptive of the world we're living in today? No fear of God before their eyes. 
Proverbs 14, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, when we turn our backs on the way that God has chosen as the right way, we'll find that that way that we're going, which is not the right way, is going to be a difficult way. Some will find rest, but some will find ruin. Folks, there is a reward for those of us that walk the right way, that walk the Lord's pathway. And I want you to see again in this verse, in verse number 16, how God's rest comes. Notice the four words there, when we stand, when we see, when we ask, and we walk therein. I want to have the rest that only God can give. See, I find the requirement. I find that God then gives us a reward if we'll walk the path that God has for us. But as you read in the end of that verse, I see that there are some that will refuse. They said, we will not walk therein. How sad. God has a path. See, they will not walk in the Lord's will. They've decided that they would not walk the Lord's path. And the result of the choice that they made is chastisement. It's destruction in their lives. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, said, if ye be willing and obedient, we sung that song tonight, obedience is the very best way. But God says here, and we mentioned this morning, remember that little word, two letters, if? That conditional clause that we see even here in Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, look at this, ye shall eat of the good of the land. See what happens when you walk the right way? You ask for the old past, you walk therein. The Bible says that ye shall eat of the good of the land. But notice, if you refuse and you rebel against God, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You have your Bible there in Jeremiah chapter number 6? I want you to look at a few verses here in this chapter. Thinking about this matter of how there was, there was the refusal to walk in the Lord's will. Look in Jeremiah chapter number 6, beginning in verse number 17. The Bible says this, and notice... The refusal, the rebellion, the devouring. He says, I have set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore, hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among you. Hear, O earth. Behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words nor to my law, but rejected it. To what purpose cometh there to me increase from Sheba and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings, God says, are not acceptable, nor your sacrifices sweet unto me. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people. And the fathers and the sons Together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friends shall perish. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, a people cometh from the north country, and a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. 
they shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice roareth like the sea, and they ride upon horses, set in array as men for war against thee, O daughter of Zion. We have heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble. Anguish hath taken hold of us, and pain as a woman in travail. Go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy and fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as for an only son, most bitter lamentation, for the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee, God says, for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know and try their way. They are all grievous revolters, walking with slanders. They are brass and iron. They are all corruptors. The bellows are burned. The lead is consumed of the fire. The founder melteth in vain, for the wicked are not plucked away. Reprobate silver shall men call them, because the Lord hath rejected them. Wow. You see, because of the refusal, how that they would be devoured because of their rebellion, because they refused to walk in the Lord's will, there is a high price, understand, tonight in our lives when we are going to refuse to walk in the Lord's will. Isaiah 5, verse 24, Therefore as the fire devours the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. All because they refused to walk in the Lord's will, and they refused to walk in the Lord's, uh, Lord's way. We're living in a day just like Jeremiah, where many are refusing to walk in the old past. They, they feel like either the old way is too narrow, and a lot of times they say, I just want to have liberty, I just want to be able to do what I want to do, or they feel many times that God doesn't really know what he's talking about. Folks, how ridiculous for us to even think that. God is, is certainly in control of what's going on, but many times we think, God doesn't know. God, God is old. God doesn't understand. Yet the Bible says in 1 John 3 and verse 20, if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and God knoweth all things. Isaiah said, remember this. Show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm God. See, no matter what the world does, are you listening tonight, Christian, God's people, you and I must stand tall in the old way, in the old past. Look, don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't be ashamed 
of being a Christian or being associated with the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw a couple this morning follow the Lord in believer's baptism. You know what that is? That's identification. You're identifying with the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're identifying with the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ, the doctrines that were given to the, the apostles that we continue today in. And the Bible says, as Paul told Timothy, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, who the Bible goes on to say in verse number nine, who was the one that saved us, who was the one that called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. Let us hold our heads high. Hey, listen, this sinful world we live in, they're not ashamed of their lifestyle, but Christians are. We need to hold our heads high and walk in the way that God has ordained for us without apology and without backing down. Let us be everything that God has commanded us to be in his word. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hey, we need to make sure that we are standing firm for the Lord. Jeremiah, as he stood before the children of Israel, he gave them this invitation, and the invitation was for Israel, the people of God, to return to the old paths, to return to the good way. Notice some of these words here. If you, if you have your Bible there in verse number 8, he said to them, be thou instructed. In verse number 10, he told them to behold the word of the Lord. This wasn't something that Jeremiah was saying to them. He was conveying the message God gave to him for his people. Verse 17, notice the word hearken. Listen to what God is saying to you. You see in verse 18, the word hear. Verse 19, the word hear. And then in that verse, hear what? Hear my words and also to hear my law. You see, it's, I think about the word of God, the instruction of God, the old paths, the right way that God has for us, all of it. Can I tell you, it is being abandoned daily by people who have decided that there is some way, some new way that is better. Folks, listen, I, I, I'm not interested in a new way. I see a lot of, uh, I look back even historically in my time, people who have decided to maybe a different version of the Bible or a way to maybe do something. And we might try something different here from time to time. But the measuring stick that I always measure it against is, will this please the Lord? Will this honor the Lord? Will God get the glory out of this? But many times the changes that are being made are being made to feed the flesh. They're being made to consider what man would have instead of what thus saith the Lord. There's compromise going on. Why? Because the old way, I'll just say it tonight, it isn't the popular way. I, just about every week goes by. Hey, pastor, what about this? Hey, maybe we ought to try this. I don't mind people saying that. But again, what do I do? I go to God. I search the scriptures. And I find time and again, that the good way is the old paths. It's what God has ordained. It's what pleases the Lord. There are churches and Christians today that are leaving the Bible. They're leaving the old songs of the faith. 
They're leaving the old-fashioned worship of God. They're leaving praising the Lord. They're leaving the preaching of the Word of God. There are churches today, instead of being Savior-sensitive churches, they become seeker-sensitive. Everything is about what pleases man instead of what pleases God. And may I remind you tonight, and I've mentioned it already, that God has not changed. And can I tell you, God is not going to change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I think that there is no room for God's people to change either. I think what we need to do is just continue to ask God for the old paths, the right way. God, what would you have us to do? You see, I thought about this message, especially with a new year not too far away. That's what I want for my life as a Christian as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, and as a pastor. I'm asking God to show me the old path, the right way, so that I can walk in a way that pleases God. And the question to you tonight is, are you interested in walking that path? Or will you be like the children of Israel? After God is inviting you, and he says, if you walk that path, I'll give you rest for your soul. But would you refuse God and say, I'm not walking that way? Would you bow your heads with me tonight with our heads bowed? Lord, thank you for this evening, and I thank you for this entire day that you've given to us to worship you. I think about this message tonight, although it was directed in its context to the nation of Israel, I think about how difficult it was for Jeremiah to say the things that he had to say that you gave him for the children of Israel. It wasn't long after this portion that the children of Israel went into captivity. I'm not a prophet. I don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead with our country. But I'm afraid that if we continue to head down this road, that we're going to find ourselves in a similar fashion. I can't change other people's minds and hearts, and you can't either. The only thing we should be concerned about tonight is our heart. The direction that we are walking. Are you interested in the good way? The old paths that God has ordained for us. Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? The piano's playing. Maybe you want to come on a Sunday night to the altar and say, Lord... I know it may not be popular with my family, my relatives, my co-workers, but I just want to do things your way. I want to walk the path that you have. The altar's open tonight. You want to come and spend some time with the Lord? It's going to take courage. I think about people in the Bible like Stephen. Stephen was stoned to death because he chose to walk the old path. Paul. Paul was shipwrecked. 
put in prison, left for dead, all because he chose to walk the old path. Peter, Peter found himself in jail. I don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead. But I know while Paul was in prison with his buddy Silas, in the darkness of night, with their feet fast in the stocks, they sang praises, thanking God that even though the old path led them to that jail cell, they were much better off there than to be down the wrong path. I don't know what God wants for your life, but I do know this. God wants every one of his children to ask, to see, and to walk therein. And as we do, you want to find rest for your soul? Quit walking the wrong path. Because when you walk the right path, he's going to be there with you. What a blessed promise we have.